may we truly be able to have our image of you expanded, Lord. No matter how good we think you are right now, Lord, you are better. No matter how much of the fire that we find ourselves in, uh, the troubles we find ourselves in, Lord, that you are stronger and that you overcome. Lord God, I thank you for being a God who is present, a God who cares for us, a God who loves us, a God who is here today, and we pray that this morning, Lord, we can just see you in a different way this morning to kind of reset our image of who you are in a deeper way here this morning. I pray that you lead us in this time. I pray that your Holy Spirit guides us and directs us in the moments ahead. We are grateful to be here together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Greg Peterson. I'm executive pastor. Uh, our plan B for this message giver here this morning. Yes, that Tim is enjoying the day off here. Also want to welcome those online here this morning. But yeah, this morning I, was, I wanted to start off with just kind of wondering, have you ever found yourself in a place where you've asked the question, how in the world did I get here? What happened? That was, I had this plan, this course, this, you know, trajectory for whatever, and, and how did I find myself through some small choices here in this place? Maybe, you know, after Thanksgiving, you, you stepped on the scale, and you're, you're like, why is that number getting closer to my credit score? Like, how did I get here? And maybe uh, in your finances in general, you have this great plan, this budget that you're working through, but yet at the end of the month, it doesn't seem to be going in the right direction. And you begin to wonder, like, how, how did I get here? And maybe it's more serious than with your, your kids and your parenting. You have visions and plans and of grandeur, and you're doing all these things, yet there's trials, and you find yourself in a place saying, how, how did I get here? We all have a tendency to drift. We all have a tendency to, we kind of have our, our vision, our plan, but there's something kind of shining over in the corner, and we kind of make one little decision here, one decision there, and before we know it, we find ourselves in a totally different place, uh, and we have to reset ourselves and find ourselves. And there's, there's, this happens in organizations, this happens in our personal lives, this happens to all of us, this happens in our spiritual life as well where we need times where, we're, where we need to reset because our vision, our God, our, our, you know, what we see God is, who we see God is, is being shaped more by, more by our experiences, by the things that we're going through. And we're like, well, wait, God answers prayers, but yet he didn't answer my prayers, so maybe God doesn't answer prayers. And we begin this journey of just kind of drifting away because our experiences don't line up with what we see the Bible saying about who God is, and we begin to drift, and we need to reset. And this happens to all of us. This is not new. This happens to everyone in this room, including myself. We are human. And the Bible addresses this and compares us to sheep, right? 
you grew up in the church, you know the sheep and the God is our shepherd. This is great and all this. But, you know, sheep have this tendency to see a little puff of grass over here and they're gone. Like whether there's danger there or not or whether there's poisons or not, they just see something. They go and they need a shepherd to guide them. And we are like sheep. And shepherds understand what this really means to shepherd a flock. And David was a shepherd. And David wrote a psalm, one of the psalms 23 that we probably all know by heart. It's actually one of the most recognized uh, passages, even in non-church circles. And this morning, I want to kind of quickly go through kind of verse by verse and kind of hopefully bring out a newness from a shepherd's perspective. I'm not a shepherd. I did just, I read things, okay? But there's some neat things there that I didn't even understand about this relationship between a shepherd and a sheep. And I hope this morning, my hope for this morning is we come away with a new understanding of who our God is and how we can reset to that. So to start off, I want to invite you to listen to the words of Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David starts off this. I just kind of want to go down verse by verse here, but he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And and to us here in, in our setting, that this is a very familiar phrase, like no big deal, right? We've all heard this before. It's not a shock to our system, but to the Israelites, to the, the people when he wrote this, this was like a shocking statement. Because the Lord is high and mighty. The Lord is holy. We sang about that even this morning with Revelation song. The Lord is holy. He is set apart. He is to be feared. He is all this. And for, for David to start off and say, the Lord is my shepherd, there was such a tension with that because, see, a shepherd, that was the lowliest job that you could ever have. If you had sheep in your family back then and you were the youngest, you were the shepherd because no one else would do it and you had to do it. And I, I tried to figure out, okay, well, what would that phrase be today? And so I figured, okay, what is the worst occupation to have in the world? Any guesses? Worst occupation to have in the world. You got to say it louder. The Porta John guy. The Porta John guy. All right. Honey wagon guy. Yes. Not a good job. Yes. Yeah. No, I Googled it, and, and of course, then it's accurate because I figured out, you know, everything on Google is right, right? Exactly. But one source said that the worst job in the world is a telemarketer. Hmm? Yeah, 
right? Everyone loves to be a telemarketer, right? You know, get those calls and be selling a product that no one wants kind of thing and bugging people and being hung up on, rejected all day long. That's your job. It'd be like us saying, God is your telemarketer. You know, it's like this, there's a tension there that's like, wait a minute, how can this be? How can this be our God? He's great, he's high, lifted up, be, our, be that guy, the telemarketer. But the reality is that, that David's laying this foundation that God is not a God who's far off, but he is a God who is present with us. He is a God who is there with us. And this morning, if you come and your God is not a God who is present, if your God is a God who is too big to care and understand about you, then you, I invite you this morning to hit the reset button because God is present. He goes on, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. I didn't know this, but sheep are extremely timid and they need four things in order for them to actually be able to lay down. They're, they're very scared, skittish, they're very scared very easily, and they will not lie down if they're afraid of anything. They're also very social animals, and they will not lie down if, even if there's friction among the sheep. And if flies and parasites trouble them, they won't lie down. And, and also, if they're anxious about food or if they're hungry, they won't lie down. So rest will only come if the shepherd provides an answer for all those four things, for the fear, the friction, the flies, and for the food. He says about us lying down in green pastures, and I don't know about you, but I've always had this image in my mind with green pastures, right? I live in Lancaster County, for Pete's sake. Like, green pastures, this is what he's talking about, just flowing and just lovely area, but that's not at all what David would have had in mind when he wrote this scripture, when he wrote this passage. See, for David, this is what green pastures looked like. Nice, huh? He was in the desert, desert mountains, rocky mountains. And actually, the, the pastures, the green pastures, were actually sides of the mountain that dew would come against in the mornings and little tufts of grass would grow up, and that's what, that's what the green pastures were. And the, a good shepherd knew where these places were because they were rare, and he would lead his flock to these green pastures. And in reality, all it was was enough food for today. It wasn't enough for tomorrow. It was just enough for now. And I believe that's how God leads us as well. And he leads us beside the still waters. And in the Hebrew, this meant restful waters and refreshment. Refreshment. Our shepherd God wants to lead us to a place of rest, a place of trust, a place of confidence, a place where you rely on him and focus on him without anything distracting you. And in this, we find that our God cares. Our God is present, but he also cares and he nourishes us. He takes us to these places to feed us and care for us and give us water. Verse 3 says, he restores my soul. And there again, I grew up in church. This was not a, a you know, thing for me to really think. Yes, God restores. Of course he restores. I see that all around me. He redeems people's lives. It's awesome to see. And I see many witnesses of that even here this morning. But this idea of restores to a shepherd means a little bit different thing. You see, sheep, when they would lie down, if there was like a little gully behind them or a little soft spot, they would roll too far. Their center, center of gravity would go too far, and they, they can't get themselves back up again. And it seems like, okay, no big deal, but actually if they left that way for 24 hours, the, the gases in their stomach will actually kill them. 
So, or a predator will easily come and get them because they're defenseless in this place. And so in this, a shepherd needs to be very alert to what is happening to his sheep. You heard of the phrase, counting your sheep. He has to be very alert to where the sheep are at and if anyone has been, they call it a cast, if any, the sheep has been cast in a position where they are defenseless and they will die if they're left there. And the neat thing is, once the shepherd finds them, he doesn't just get them up and they, they go off and all life is good. Because there's been no blood going to their legs, they get up, they try to run, they just keep falling over again. And, he, and so the shepherd has to kind of walk beside them. He uses his staff to kind of gently keep them upright for a little while. He walks with them and carries them sometimes, even till, so the blood gets to their feet so that, he can, um, so that they can walk again. So in this, we see that our God restores us as well. And if that is not a God that is your God here this morning, that is not your experience that you've had with God, that when you've failed and you've fallen, that, you know, he, you feel like he's turned his back on you, you might need to invite you to re- hit the reset button on who our God is this morning. Next one, he says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And when we think about paths, it's like, wait a minute, we're in a desert. What do you need a path for? But in reality is the, the mountains are extremely rocky. And over years and years of traveling the same way, these paths would develop in the mountains. And they were the safest way to get there. So the, the shepherd would lead ahead and, and the sheep would follow on these paths, these, these places that were smoother. They could go other ways. They didn't have to, but it was rocky and they might hurt themselves. They might, you know, kill themselves really if they go a different direction. But there's these paths of righteousness that he leads us on. And it's the easiest, safest way to go. And in this, we find that God is a God who leads us. A God who says, you know what, here's a way that you can go. Here's a safe way, the path of righteousness that you can take. You can go a different direction. You might get there. You might get hurt. You might get bumps and bruises, you might, but you can get there. But here's a path of righteousness. And he, he leads us in that path of righteousness. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. This is probably one of the most familiar passages, especially for those who are walking through grief. Um, I love the imagery of walking through the valley of shadow of death. For a sheep that gets scared easy, frightened easy, runs easily to be walking in the presence of predators around them because they know their shepherd will protect them. They have a rod. They have a staff. The rod was just like a a piece of wood, a blunt wood that they had that they were trained and used it as a weapon basically for predators. They would also use it if a sheep would go start straying towards something that is dangerous. Uh, They would kind of hit that and get it back in kind of deal. So they used that and the staff as well. They would reach out to help or they would gently guide with the staff. But they knew that they were safe because they knew their shepherd would protect them. And our God is a God who protects us as well. In verse 5, he goes on, he says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the summertime, a shepherd would prepare a high mountain country plateau called a table. This is kind of what it looks like. You can see some of these in the south, but this is an area that there are these 
flat areas that are green and, and that have food and water for their sheep. And in the summertime, they would do take them to these tables. But the shepherd would go ahead of the flock and prepare this pasture, if you will, or this table. They would go through and pull out the, the greens that were actually poisonous to the sheep because the sheep, would they don't know, they would just eat it and they'd die. It's like, you know, it was, it was green, right? I ate it. But so the shepherd would go and prepare that. They would make sure that there's water there. They would make sure that they are protected there so that they were in a place over that summertime that nothing was hurried. There was no confusion, no disturbance. The enemy was at the door, but yet there was peace. And in, and in this, we find our, our God is a God who prepares, who goes ahead of us and prepares for us. And if that's not your experience with God this morning, I invite you again to hit that reset button to see who our God is. David goes on, he says, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. I did not know this, but sheep, I knew that they were troubled by insects, but I didn't, this is kind of a little weird, you guys might like this more than anyone else. Flies can actually like get in their nose and then like plant eggs and then it can actually go up and like kill them. You're welcome. Now you know that. So that's why that's why sheep were extremely afraid of flies because they're like, man, this thing could get in my nose. I could end up dead. I don't like flies, right? So there's this, you know, they had all this fear, and so they found that if they put oil on the sheep's head, it would keep the flies from going into their nose, and then they would be at peace. They didn't mind the flies flying around them because they knew they weren't going to go in their nose, so they were okay. In our world, we would call this having a sound mind, a mind that's at peace, a mind that's at ease. It's, you know, even all the worries, all the stuff around us, we have this ability to know that our God is there and we can have this sound mind. In the Greek, the phrase suggests something that is delivered, rescued, revived, salvaged, and protected, and is now safe and secure. And in this, we find that our God is a God who stills us. And if your God is not a God who, in the chaos of life, it's in the storms of life that doesn't provide peace, or isn't that God who prepares and, and guide and protects you, I invite you this morning to hit that reset button. Because God is a God who stills us. Verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The care that the shepherd gave to the flock was evident to everybody by the health of the flock. So if you went around and you saw a flock that was healthy, you knew it reflected that someone was caring for them well because they take a lot of care. And that's what David's saying here. Like, everywhere I go, goodness and mercy follow me. God's goodness and mercy follow me. Everywhere I go, all the situations I'm in, goodness and mercy follow me. God's goodness and mercy is always there. And in this, we find that our God is a God who reveals himself through us, that everywhere we go, that we may see goodness and mercy be our shadow and following us all the days of our lives. And he ends with, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This idea of the house of the Lord is different than what we kind of maybe understand it. It, it, was, a, it was a place to identify. It was a place to belong. It was kind of a foundation. It was like, I belong to the house of David. I belong to the house of Abraham. And David here is saying, I belong to the house of the Lord. Like, I am under that 
authority. I am under the house and care and direction of the Lord. It's a little bit like us. We, in Lancaster County, we like the Mennonite game, you know, where we can, if I can somehow figure out a way that my grandpa, like, went to the same gas, gas station as your grandpa one time, we're connected. Like, we're good, right? Like, there's this belonging sense. Like, we feel like, yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, we're, we're all together. And, and in this, we can find that our God is a God who provides a place for us to belong. So I know I kind of quickly went through that, but hopefully in a different way to kind of like, kind of show you as far as what a shepherd's perspective of Psalms 23 would be and how that reveals who our God is. And so I would invite you once again to listen anew to the words of this psalm. is my shepherd I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside the still waters he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that is who our God is. And, and I believe this is important, why it's important that we get this right. Two, two things, two reasons I'd want to go with here. And, and, you know, obviously there are many, many more attributes of who our God is. But we're just taking these from this passage. Um, it's important that we get our understanding of who God is from the Bible, from Scripture, and not from our experiences, because we all have a tendency to drift based off of our experiences. It's one of the core values here at GPC. It says at the beginning, uh, middle, end of the day, God is in charge of what He wants goes. The Bible reveals God's clearest desires. When I want conflicts with what God wants, he wins. It's one of our desires here. It's one of our foundational truths here at GPC that we understand God from Scriptures, not just God from our experiences. The other thing that I want to bring out here this morning is as a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit is continually shaping us. The Holy Spirit is continually those, those sins that we have, the sinful nature that we all come with, continually is shaping us to be more like Christ. The Bible even uses the word refines us. The Holy Spirit is a refining fire. And, and, and we get this a couple places, but in Zechariah 13.9 it says, And I will put them into the fire and refine them as one refined silver and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is my God. You see, a goldsmith or a silversmith 
when they're purifying the metal, it is put in a crucible and it's put in an intense amount of heat. We're talking 1,000 to 2,000 degree heat. And the metal in this heat, the impurities at that point will rise to the top. And so they scrape off the, those impurities and then they heat it again and more impurities come and they keep doing that until they are able to see their reflection. Then they know that it's pure. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is continually shaping us in the same way, often through trials, often through fire, to shape us to have the same attributes that mark our life, that mark God's life. And my hope for us as a body, my hope for myself, is that God continues to shape me to be like Him, to reflect His image. And so it's important that we understand who God is because we were being shaped and reflected towards that image. So I want to be a person and I want to be a grace point to be a people. I want all of us to be someone who is present, someone who isn't like, well, I'm too good. If you, you know, if you were a better person, you'd be better. You know, I mean, I I don't know if I have time for you. Like, no, I want to be present. Like God himself is present and intimate with us. I want to be a person, and I hope you do too. I want to have a church where we are, you know, known because we care. Not just whether we're present, but we're like, here's water, here's tangible things, here's, you know, a place where you can find rest, here's, here's a place where you can find nourishment. I want to be a place where restoration happens, where sheep are restored. We all fall, right? We're all like sheep. We all find ourselves in that cast position, helpless at times. And, and my heart goes out a little bit towards, I know there's a lot of evangelical stuff around the world and big leaders sometimes that are falling here recently. And I wonder, I question myself, like, what's my attitude? Is it like, well, I never really liked their ministry anyway. I thought they were a little off anyway, really, you know, and they probably deserve that. Or is it, no, here's a brother or a sister who has fallen, who's just like me. And are we a people that when we see a brother or sister who has fallen or who has strayed, do we care? Or do we just say, well, that was their dumb fault. They did that. They found themselves in that place. But we are, I want to be a person. I want to be a church where we restore people, where we lead people. You know, where we say, hey, you know what? I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together, but I know where there's food. I know where there's living water. I know where there's something that can, can help, and let's walk together towards that. I'll, I'll lead you. I'll walk ahead of you in that. And I'll even protect you because I know there's some things, you know, you're struggling with this. I'll, I'll protect you. I'll surround you. I'll make sure that, hey, you know, we'll keep that away. Let's keep that aside. I'll, I'll walk with you in this. And I'll prepare. I'll even go ahead and say, hey, here's some things that could really help. I'll go ahead of you and help in that as well. And I want to be a person, and I hope that we want to be a people that stills, that is a calming presence in the chaos of the world around us with all the stuff going on, that there's a place where peace is found because it's found because we have received it from our good shepherd. And I want to be revealing God's presence through my life and through our lives together. That wherever I go, whatever you go, when you leave that conference room, when you leave your, your kids at night and tuck them in, that they can feel this idea that surely goodness and mercy 
follow me. That that's, that's the thing that people talk about when you leave, when, you, you know, when we leave this, in, even in our, mark in this, our mark in this community, is this idea that, man, surely goodness and mercy follow and love follow them everywhere they go. And, and also be, to be that place where people belong, where we're family, a place that we can feel uh, identification and feel that foundation because we are a place where you can belong. And as our shadows, as we interact with others, that they would surely see goodness and mercy all the days of their lives, like David did. This morning, we want to end just a little bit differently. I want to go right ahead and go right into our reflection time, kind of like we started off here this morning, and just enter into a time of reflecting. And um, we, there's also connection cards in the chair in front of you if you have a prayer request, a praise, whatever, you can do that. But I want to, I want to go ahead and if we can go back to, to the computer slide, there's two questions I want to ask you here uh, this morning as you reflect. The first question is this. What about God's character needs reset? What are those things that maybe your life experiences don't quite align with? So where do we might need to reset here this morning? And then the second question, the follow-up question to that is, how is God refining me? We're all being refined. None of us are perfect. None of us have attained that. We won't. So I invite you to go ahead and let's take a moment here right now to kind of reflect and respond. Go ahead and fill out your connection cards as well on these two questions. What about God's character needs reset? And how is God refining me? Let's go ahead and reflect on that for a little. Dearly Father, I, I just pray that you uh, make yourself real to us as you really are, God, as a God who is present with us, who loves us, who cares for us, a God who is real and, and who is protecting us. And Lord, I just pray that, that, that this morning we can continually be aware 
of your Holy Spirit's impact on our lives and your Holy Spirit's shaping of our lives here as individuals, as a, as a church, Lord, that we can reflect you well, that we can reflect your character and your attributes well around us, and that we may experience them ourselves in deep and renewing ways. And we can reset our image of who you are. Just thank you for being a God who's present, who does care for us, who does restore us when we fall, and you lead us to, to green pastures, and you protect us, you prepare a way, you still us in the midst of chaos, and you reveal yourself all around us, and you give us that place to belong. Thank you, God, for being that kind of God. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.